crazy not English. <laughs> welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. Um, my name is Rob, I think, and sitting across from me tonight wearing a Unicorn Maximum Effort t-shirt Indeed. and looking steadily as ever, my good friend Marty. How you doing, Marty? Well, good friend is a bit strong, but hey. Hey, uh, we'll okay, fine. When you're not my good friend, <laughs> stop it. Uh, no, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's actually been freaking really nice out, other than Monday was kind of shitty, but Man, it's like less than 80 today. It's gorgeous. It's actually not been a bad week at all. Oh, yeah. All except for me, I got this wonderful song stuck in my head. I can't, I'm trying to decide if I want yeah, to. I, I recorded it. I don't know if oh, I can. Oh, no. I recorded it on a clip, and I don't know if I want to put it on because Apple might ding us. I don't know if it's copyright or not, but fuck it, oh. we might do it. Oh, here's yeah. here's how I got the song stuck in my head. I went, was it last night or the night before I went down to our local grocery store? Are you making and I'm like about ready to say like chicken heart gumbo or some smart ass comment right, like that. Right. And this guy behind me goes like in the perfect <clears throat> Swedish seft impression. Popcorn shrimp. And I'm oh, like, no. what the fuck? And instantly uh, that song just popped into my head. Oh and I'm my like, god. oh my god, stop, dude. And that song's been rattling around oh, in my brain dude, for the last two days. Man, I, I gotta say, man, there, there's some of the Muppet stuff. It is forever ingrained. I mean, that show came out, what, late 70s? I was a little kid watching it. I remember that. I was like, a little kid watching Muppet it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, there's some of that stuff that even to this day will roll through my head. Uh, shit like Beaker. It, occasionally they'll pull out or just, me, 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 me. Hilarious, dude. The dude's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Phenomenon. But, yeah, Swedish Chef, man. Occasionally when I do come across like a kind of fucked up funny... Swedish Chef meme, I just kind of lose it a little bit. It's, it's, you don't expect it because it's. I mean, it's a Swedish Chef, man. I mean, it's it's kind of obscure. You maybe, to you, some extent, you understand but, one word out of every fifty. Oh yeah, Erdy bird, jerking bird. Yeah, no man, he's working to bark, dude. Yeah. yeah, oh hilarious. No, so yeah, that's been my last couple of days. Oh my god. I'm probably doing that all podcast. <laughs> And there are worse songs to have stuck in your head. I, I don't honest, know, dude. It's actually got to the I point. I don't know until they're stuck, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck. It's, no. it's kind of got to the point where it's kind of soothing right now. It's like, <laughs> actually, I'm like, oh, I haven't thought of that song for a tenth of a second. Oh, there it is again. Sorry. And there he is. Damn yeah. it. So what are we discussing <laughs> this week? <laughs> uh, Besides the Swedish chef and how much he sucks dick. <laughs> but in a fun language, he does. Yes. Uh, no, man, we we're going to go ahead and touch on some uh, out-of-place objects out here, uh, things that are kind of not in the time frame where they should be, you know, things that have been discovered way in different areas than what should be there. Or they're of better quality right. of what they something made in that time, supposedly. Yeah, something out of them is, is they don't belong where they've been found, yeah. you know, whether it be actually geographically or... Well, time frame of where these yeah. things are being found. <laughs> so, we'll let you go first. Uh, like yeah, normal. Man. You go first. All right. And finish first. I'll talk. Take some happy seconds. <laughs> Not so bad. Uh, I'm going to hit one that uh, I guess is somewhat well known with people that are into the weird stuff, but isn't as super common as some of the other ones that have been on shows. We all know which ancient shows they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, the uh, London Hammer was found in. There's still debate whether it was 34 or 1936. Two Give years is two, two years. years you know, whatever. right? But uh, it was uh, noticed by a couple down by uh, London, Texas, in the U.S. Uh, they noticed this chunk of wood 
type object uh, protruding from this large rock. Well, they took this rock back home, took a hammer, chisel, cracked the thing open to see what the hell this is. And inside they found this is actually a hammer that is now embedded in this rock. And the rock has been apparently growing around it. Uh, they took it to experts and, and took it. The wood handle is still intact. But it's in, I mean, it's obviously... Was it fossilizing? Yes, it had actually gone through the process of some of it was starting to turn to coal at this point, which takes a long chunk of time. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's not like charcoal where you burn the wood. Oh, here's some charcoal. This is like actual fossil fuel coal. Coal. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, But yeah, they they took it to an expert and they they were looking this thing over and kind of did some uh, metallurgical tests on it. And this thing was like 96% pure iron. That's which amazing. Is a lot. I mean, when you consider how old this thing probably is, uh, like they said, they assumed that the rock itself was probably from 400 million years ago. Because like, it's to be that old to form like this, it was a long, long, long time ago. Like I said, Basically, it was, was sedimentary, sedimentary, uh, sedimentary rock. Yeah. It's stuff that was, it's like bedrock, pretty yeah. much. Yep. And I don't know, there were, it, it was actually a type of limestone, but not the fast-growing limestone. And I don't know, there were some of them, some people have said that, you know, oh, it was just because that, it gives the impression that it's older than what it actually is. But even if it was fast-growing limestone, right. that wouldn't explain why the wood handle is already turning no, into coal. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, it's turning into coal. <coughs> uh, I believe that artifact has actually been put away somewhere. I've read uh, different things. Like in some places you read where it's been put away. Some right. say it's like in a museum, like in some podunk town in Texas, you know, in that I've, general I've, area. I don't know if I've ever actually seen a picture of the thing. I've um, seen. I know it there are a couple out there on the internet. They're yeah. like it just shows that one where it's got like yeah. a handle the, embedded yeah, in the, the rock and the that. Rock. But it's probably. But the, yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, like I said they're they're guessing just with the age of the rock around it that this thing is very old. And at that point, we were not making. Well, let's be honest here. It's probably a couple million years old. Oh yeah, because the fossilization process yeah. does not happen overnight. It no. takes no absolutely. millions of years. It takes a long, long time. It isn't even like. 10,000 years to go back to the Ice Age. You know, I mean, we're talking... Before that. Yeah. Way uh, before that. At least a million, if not two. Yeah. You know, to get to that point. Yeah. And we certainly, from what we know from science and history, we're not making 96% pure iron alloys. Not even <laughs> today we're ago. not. We no. can't... See, a lot of no. people say, well, they would. why would they ever do that? They didn't have the technology. It's like, no. We have the technology, but we just don't need to do it because there's right. no reason for it yeah why would that's 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 that a big issue i have too is like well why would they do that they can't they didn't have the technology to do it. i'm like no the wonderful thing about human ingenuity is if you want something done you will figure it the fuck out right no matter what even if you're back in the stone age if you want something done you have the gray matter you will figure it out yeah. it may not be the easiest way but you will get it done yeah. at some point it is going to be figured out yeah but yeah you, you our, our typical theory on these things at that point one humans weren't even using tools really at that long ago especially iron tools yeah no certainly not iron so i mean even when you get into say like ice age we're still apparently we're at just a flint level of just yep the neolithic era yep hopping out little flint arrows and knives 
and obsidian if you were in an area that that was available. But you were basically chiseling rocks to sharper rocks. I mean, yep. that's at least according to what mainstream archaeologists yeah, will tell you nowadays. Theories of, yep. of where we were at technologically. Certainly not, you know, smelting and combining irons to create a pure, damn near 100% pure iron tool. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, but a, a... Unless you had somebody really back then who was really OCD and just said, I right. want to do this. This, 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 this is not right. I, if I just keep melting this, you know. <laughs> over you know, and over no and over and over doing, again. But, yeah, it's absolutely insane. Well, I have something similar along that line. This is about that. It's called the Viking sword called Ulfbert. Mm, this sword was dated to 800 to 1000 A.D., but the technology needed to make the sword itself would not be available till the Industrial Revolution 800 years later. Oh. Its carbon content is three times higher than other swords of the air. The impurities were removed to such a degree that the iron ore must have been heated to at least 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. With great effort and precision, a modern-day blacksmith by the name of Richard Furrer of Wisconsin forged a sword of Ulfbert's quality using technology that would have been available in the Middle Ages. This is his quote. He said, he said it was the most complicated thing he had ever made and used methods not known to have been used by people of that time. Wow. So basically he made it using medieval technologies, but most people in the medieval times would not have known about it, how right, to do it this right. way. Yeah, he's using the same, you know, fire and hammer and all that. Yep. But they're... People that don't know like metallurgy, there are a lot of little techniques we have learned over time that they did not understand how that worked. As or we don't we know, think they understood. Yeah, that as far as we know, they didn't know this process. Because when I read about this sword and that, the first thing that popped in my head was that little Chinese dude from Highlander, the, like yep. the, the really bad one with Mario Van Peebles. Yep. But uh, he's like a master swordsman that made um, what's yeah, the, Ramirez's, the, Ramirez's his sword. Katana. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That's the oh, first thing that popped in my head. It's like yeah, some yeah. guy who just like had thousands of years to right. perfect his art. And like, there you go. That explains yeah, it. That, that's what I thought too. It was like, oh man, the, the sword that's, you know, a thousand years before it should have been made. Yeah. <laughs> that well, is exactly the first thing I thought Well, that too. brings in mind too, that, that giant sword. You ever seen that giant sword in Japan? That's like oh, 12 yeah, feet yeah, long? The, like the Muramasa blade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why would anybody build that? Ugh. What the heck was... Who would wield such a thing as it's that? It's goddamn beautiful, though. It really is. It is yeah, beautiful. It's, it's, it's like a pole arm rather than a sword. It's no, but so it, you can actually see it has a handle yeah. for like somebody who has like six hands. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> massive. And yeah, it's, it's pretty as hell. I've seen really nice pictures of it. And, oh, it's pretty. Because, I mean, I, I love swords. So do it's I. It's just gorgeous. Oh, yes, it is. But, yeah, it's like, why would you make something this massive oh. and beautiful and sleek? Because yeah, giants welded it. That's, oh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. So what it, else do you have? It's my hand and a half sword. Really? It looks more <laughs> like six. <laughs> nope. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, I am actually going to stay on that same vein of of metallic stuff right now. Oh. You're kind of all metal tonight or what? I, I, I am doing a little heavy metal tonight. <laughs> uh, the Wedge of Ayud. I believe it's how it's pronounced. And this was actually found uh, in Romania. Uh, It was actually dug up 35 feet underground with around the remains of mastodons, which, as far as we know, died off at least 10,000 years ago. There was a, oh, speaking of mastodons, sorry. sorry, Yeah. 
There's actually a, I think it's on PBS or National Geographic. I'm going to watch it. It's called The Island of the Last Mammoths or Mastodons. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I want to watch that. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, man. No, now I'm going to have to check into that. <laughs> or you could just look up the Alaskan Monsters one where they had Mastodon reports up there. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Recently, too, man. Yeah, that was just like in the 90s. I was going to say, yeah, it was like 20 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. But, yeah, no, they... Uh, they they found this item and it looks almost like a uh, a digger scoop almost. Yeah, it's kind of weird shaped. It's almost yeah. it's almost like a shim like, with a hole in it yeah, or something. It, it's it's really bizarre. You can look it up online. There's lots of pictures of it. But yeah, this thing is uh, when they were uh, checking it out, it was eighty nine percent aluminum with eleven other elements, and uh, was covered in a layer of oxidation. Now. Aluminum wasn't really used by any of us till like uh, early 1800s, and that thing being dated down that far underground, we're looking at at least three to four hundred years old, if not way more. Yeah. Okay, we're looking at probably in the ten thousand range. But yeah, aluminum we did not use for anything up until that point because we really couldn't process it because we didn't have the ability to really get the heat and know what to do with aluminum. To make the alloy to, for yeah, it. Because aluminum is not, is not aluminum, it's no, an alloy. It's, it's, yeah, it's an alloy. And we did not have the technology to do that till It was about 1825 when we started going, hey, we can mix this in with tin and this and that and create this lightweight material. But this thing is made out of aluminum. Now, there are a lot of scientists believe it was fake and was just part of the equipment that broke off when they were excavating this. But... I always dreaded but. Right. <laughs> the, the fact that it was found at that depth, even if you were digging through there, would indicate it's a possible 11,000-year-old item because it's not just going to be broken off. Also, the, the fact, the levels of oxidation that are on that, other metal experts have said, hey, this would take many many years for that oxidation to grow on that outside of that aluminum alloy it's not like oh yeah it just broke off and there's oxidation they're like this would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for that oxidation to get the thickness that it was on the outside of this item and they're like you can't just fake that you can't no just you make can't, that can't make a fake patina on it yeah you know it's like you can you can i mean there are ways to take aluminum and, and give it kind of a weird look like it's been burnished in that, but you're not going to get actual thick layers. Basically, it's like a scale that's yeah. on it. And yeah, it's it's not a full metal, but it's it's not rust, but it is like a from the oxygen and the moisture on it, it just builds up layers of scale, like like a mollusk shell, if, yep. if you will. Uh, or like the shower head. Yeah, <laughs> calcium yeah, on a shower yeah, head. Like the, the, the lime, whatever on the shower head. Yep. But yeah, the thing with this one, it is not on public display. After it was found, it has not been put on public display. Why is that? Uh, it, nobody knows actually where it's at. Uh, supposedly, the remains are at some undisclosed location. And Great. It's with does, Indiana Jones and the right. Raiders of the Lost Ark, the dude with the... Yeah, yeah, you get you know, the, Again. the crate in a, in a fucking warehouse. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, which I, I thought kind of odd. It's like, why do we not have that out testing it? No, nope, it's just gone. The do people who do know where it is aren't telling anybody where it's been put. So it's just hanging out in a crate somewhere. I, I have to assume, yeah, it looks like Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. Why? Why do why, giant warehouse of shit? Just like if they okay. If half this stuff we're talking about tonight would totally be explained if they would just let us test it. Right. 
and say, hey, yep, this is just a piece from a Kumatsu crane. It's yeah. happening at last, and for some odd reason, the chemicals in the ground made it oxidize faster right. than normal. And, and stuff like that, even, even modern, if you go back to the 50s with stuff like that, there are certain marks, having been a machinist, there are certain marks you can see on stuff that show that it was manufactured. Yeah. You know, in a modern type machine shop. And all those things are either a cast or a machined piece on those kind of machines. There's always, there's, yeah, there's always yeah. a certain group. There's always going to be something where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's where they had the drill going through yeah. that. And yeah, this is what step it was yeah. to make that. Or, or even some kind of marking showing it was, hey, this was from a New Holland crane that we had. There's going to be some markings on there that would be pretty easily identifiable as anything from the modern era. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. Unless you go with, like, the crystal skull, and that's a big thing, too. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that's an out-of-place artifact also. And people are saying, like, it was found by, I can't remember the damn name. I didn't write anything I, yeah, down. Yeah, I can't. I didn't either. Either way, it was found in South America, story. and they're yep. always saying, say. The first ones. Yep. And they're like, oh, they could have been made by modern ancient technologies. I'm like, you, yeah, but there's people saying, well, there's marks on it. And they're like, if you look at it microscopically, and I'm like, right. if you look at anything microscopically, you're going to find what looks like irregular or regular marks. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, whether you're doing that in a machine or by hand, it's going to leave marks. It's the very nature of what you're doing. You're polishing a piece of crystal, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, that, that's a whole uh, landmine subject. It <laughs> really is, because I've gone down that hole many times since a kid, man. I think the first time I saw those was uh, uh, the in old search In Search Of. of. Yep. And it was on there. I was With like, Leonard Ooh. Nimoy. Yep, and then, like, my parents had a pile of National Geographic magazines. I don't know if they had a subscription at some point. Everybody, there was my, one grandparents, had, uh, my grandparents, my oh, grandparents, yeah, dude. Everybody used that to be like yeah. that'd be like the like Life. You had to either have it in oh, the house. Yeah. You have Life magazine and National Geographic, right? Yeah, because you had the boobies shelves, in there, man. and it was oh, fine. That was usually what me and my friends were looking for. But then I remember there was one where on the cover was the, the color picture of the, one of the crystal skulls. So I was like, ooh, I'm gonna remember what number that was because I'm gonna read through this all the time. Yeah, no. It's, well, uh, oh, it's a Mitchell Hedges skull. Yep, yep, yep. That's yep. it. That was the first one, yeah. And some of the others that have come out since, I, I am a little more skeptical of and go, well, yeah, some of these could have been fake. Some of them I don't think are. Uh, I'm not sure on the Mitchell Hedges. I My, my gut says that is an actual thing. Mm-hmm. It was not faked. See, there's a book somewhere in my vast library. i got to find oh, it. Of stuff. Yeah, it deals with like all stuff in South America and that. Oh yeah, it's like um, kind of like about City Z and that. Yeah, but there's a I remember there's a line or two in there. I marked it with a pen and basically it talks about how the Incas had these black square boxes they would get messages through. Oh, shit! And I'm like, it was just like a two little sentences in this line, and this right. researcher found where they actually talk about in the manuscripts and that. But I can't find the book. It's ah. like disappeared. Oh no. No, but it's actually like basically described. They're like kind of watching TVs. Wow! <laughs> like, I what? have never heard that. Oh yeah, it's in a That's book. I've read it. Wild. I know I've read it. That is pretty wild. Yeah, now we gotta tear things apart and find that book. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> know how many books I would have to go through? I got that covered, oh, yeah, that no, covered, yeah, no, no, and I think I'm, I still got a couple totes full of books. Yeah, I literally have that the wife doesn't know about. A pile yeah. of boxes that are in one of our storage rooms. It's just like I can't fit all this shit on my shelves. Blum, blum, blum. I'm not going to read this again. I do want to build shelves eventually when we get a studio so I can put out all my books. So like, yep, we'll look there. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, I know there's a few of those things. Like, uh, even with, say, like the Baghdad battery, a lot of people have seen they've done a lot of shows on it. 
But yeah, it was found in the Middle East, basically a giant clay pot. And they figure what they did was put some type of uh, acidy stuff, like a vinegar in that in it. And the thing works like a battery. Man, it, it would light up. Because they've found pictures and everything of what would be really rudimentary light bulbs with a filament inside. And they've actually hooked things up to these and pour stuff that they would have had available. And it will light up light bulbs, man. Yeah. It, it creates a charge. Well, a lot of people, too, don't think about this, too. Like, whereas the Baghdad battery, that's just could have been a happy coincidence that was figured out. Right, right. Because the wonderful thing about my favorite, one of my favorite foods is cheese. That oh, happened, yeah. came from the, actually originally came from the Middle East, too. And that was just by a caravan guy. He had milk. Yep. And it got warm and soured. And when he got it done, he was like, oh, why is this so hard? Lo and behold, you have cheese. Right. That's It was all by accident that cheese was learned yep. how to be made. Well, yeah. I mean, even look at And they like, just uh, reprocess it and made it better at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, every area kind of uh, did their own culture on it. But, yeah, even like uh, rubber for tires and that was found because they were looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete accident. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we, we could put this on the bottom of shoes. Look at all the shit we could do with this. Yeah. But, yeah, at first they were pissed. They're like, God, this thing's turned into this gross chunk it's not doing what we want it to it's kind of bouncy oh (laughs) wait a minute maybe we can uh you know turn some lemonades out of this giant gross lemon but yeah there's a lot of that stuff i think is secondary byproduct of something yeah it's all happy accidents yeah which becomes much better than what they were looking for but then we turn around and like modern day archaeologists will say oh they could never done that that's fake happy accidents do happen and there are times I think some of that stuff is explained. That's that's why we haven't found much of it, because it wasn't the intent. No. They, they were not intending to do that. E- even like that Baghdad battery, they thought eh, it's something that I think it was cleaning copper or something yeah. to do too. And mm-hmm. they think maybe that was what originally they were trying to do, was find a good way to clean copper stuff. Yeah. And, oh, shit, this thing. Or trying to electroplate stuff earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You pass a current like, through something yep. and just like makes it molecules that here. And, a and even way. that, some of them are like, "Well, they really didn't do a lot of that bag." Well, obviously they did because they've got something that does really well at electroplating <laughs> pieces of stuff. Man. Oh yeah. So don't give me that shit. They, no. they did it, whether it's accident or not. They figured it out and they made enough of them that we still found a few. You know. Yep. So and it had I mean, been pretty a a large area because yeah. that had been very common knowledge. Oh, yeah, because I mean, like I said, it's a clay pot. A lot of those don't survive. They just simply don't because they're not designed to survive unless it's under specific circumstances, say like uh, Vesuvius where everything's covered in ash. Like and it instantly. It. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of that stuff is just broken. And I suppose even like today where we have stuff that's broken, we take it out to a dump pit. Because any big city, even back then in ancient Greek times and things like that, I'm sure they had dump pits for that's stuff. That's how. That's how. Basically, back in know. the ancient days, that's how you told if a city was really civilized if they actually right. had a dump. Yeah. If they didn't have a dump, you didn't want to be anywhere in that city yep, because everybody's scrap scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Yep, it's because shit. the dump was actually a sign of like wealth. And, wealth, and because you could just throw stuff away and yep. not worry about it. Yep. And just be like, ah, we'll make a new one. Fuck them, you yep. know. And yeah, that's you know that, that's a lot of that. That's where a lot of that stuff ended up. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you broke your water jug. Meh, we'll just go get a new one. That's yep. fine. That's and you throw it out, you know. So, yeah, there had to be enough of them that we found more than one over there at this point. You know, I mean, how many others were destroyed? So they had to be something that was at least in that area pretty widely spread around, mm-hmm. you know, for us to have still seen them today. Well, since we're talking about the Middle East, I'm going to go down my next rabbit hole. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Marty. <laughs> thanks for your vote of confidence. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go, <laughs> I, 
Marty, what is wrong with your nose, man? I don't know, I've got a rampant wild hair, man. No, just tickling your and nose. It's driving me nuts. Oh. I'm going to talk about how the Sphinx. It's a, this the Sphinx. Yeah. Everybody, it's the largest out of place artifact on the planet. Thousands of people look at this every right. fucking day. Because, okay, I'm going to go a little bit of a little history on this. The Sphinx is orientated west to east the, to face the rising sun in accordance with the ancient Egyptian solar cult. Then there is the Orion correlation theory that it was instead aligned to face the constellation Leo during the vernal equinox 10,500 B.C. Okay. Then we're going to go talk about Mr. Robert K.G.G. G. Temple. Proposes that the Sphinx was originally a statue of the jackal god Anubis, and then its face was recarved into the likeness of some other pharaohs over time. Yes. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because it has, like, the legs and that, like you would think, and it's kind of got the ornate mounds and ears just knocked off and the face yep. was put on. Well, and, and I think there have been other people that have gone in and looked at it, and the, the limestone and that that's used on the head part is slightly different than what the rest of it there's well, less weathering and wear on it yes there's also a big debate too there actually there's a beard piece like a brute yes and a lot of people saying it was attached and some said it was carved that way but if you look at there are two different it was not one solid piece it's two different pieces yep. of lime so that means it had to be attached and fell off at one time yeah yeah they, yeah, they propped her back up super glued her on in, in essence you know to get it back up there but yeah even jollies. <clears throat> But even, like, if, if you look at the size of it in proportion to the shape of the head, it doesn't really match up with the rest of the body. No, you know it what I mean? No. It, it, it's just really out of place. Mm-hmm. It, if you look at it from the front, it looks fine. But if you see, like, a top view or side view... It looks really small. Yeah, it's, like, super shrunk down from what the rest of the, the space of this thing takes up. Yeah. You but... know, with the tail. Why, why would they... My question is, why would they have the pharaoh as a giant cat with a tail? No other pharaohs anywhere else that I know of in, in Egyptian stuff are immortalized with a cat, a body. cat body in that. I mean, yeah. they will have the pharaohs next to, say, a, a picture of Anubis, but not as Anubis. You know what I mean? Yeah, or it's, a cat. Yeah. They, they are the living god, but they are still humanoid form, not tailed. They may be talking with the other gods... Horus, you know, whoever. But they themselves are not depicted in statues, pictures, anything as anything other than humanoid, but with, you know, the the son of Ra coming from them, you yeah. know. There's also the Sphinx water erosion hypothesis. Oh, yeah. This hypothesis is championed by Rene Schwaller, John Anthony West, and geologist Robert Schrock. Basically, he's saying, like, if you look at the Sphinx, it's all desert. Yep. Desert as far, far as I can see, except for like the little oasis that's in the Cairo there next to it, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But they're saying, oh, it's just wind erosion. Well, the only problem with wind erosion is wind erosion makes horizontal lines while water makes vertical erosion lines. Yes. And if you look at the Sphinx, it's all vertical. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. So I've, because I've I can that. remember seeing this like on some program Robert Chalk just took a picture of like a six by six area, yep. took it to a, geo- a different geologist, and said, "What would cause this erosion?" He goes, "Water." Yeah, just well, like that. Yeah. He's like, then yeah, he showed him the whole picture, and the, and the geologist yeah. is like, uh, "Well, uh, maybe not water. <laughs> I don't know. Moist breeze. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just doesn't match up 
Uh, like, like I think I've even seen where they've been kind of looking at some of the structure of it, and it's much older than the other pyramids in there. It's probably the oldest structure in that uh, there Giza area. Kind of took away my thunder there. I was oh, say. <laughs> That's fine. They say the Sphinx was built by an older civilization. Yeah. That's another theory, and the rule and remade to look like current rulers of the time. And this is what a comment by Zahai Wasa. He's that dickhead you always see on there. It's like, no, no, Egypt is just Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he stated yeah. in an interview, no single artifact, no single inscription or pottery or anything has been found till now in in any place to predate the Egyptian civilization 5,000 years ago. I think he kind of mis- misspoke there because that's a word for word. He says, till now. What yeah, the heck yeah. is that supposed to mean? Yeah, what, what do you mean, till now? <laughs> because there's also Edward Casey. I mean, are you talking about, you know, up to this point, we've never found anything? Or to me, when, when I hear somebody say till now, it implies When's the shoe we just found drop? some shit. Yeah. Uh, See, I think he misspoke because even if we did find something saying, hey, the Sphinx was made five, a thousand years before right. the pyramids were. Well, even a thousand years before is a big chunk of time, yeah. man. But that's what they would figure, too, because they figured yeah. like that far back is when that area was actually rainforest. It was rainforest at one time, yeah. Oh, like yeah. thousands of years yeah. earlier. And if there was a past civilization there, I'm not saying it was Atlantis or anything. Right. Why but wouldn't so, they make that something? Because, oh, we got this big chunk of sandstone here. We can't move it. Let's carve something out of it. Yeah. yeah it's in the way. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it pretty, man. Let's, yeah. let's make it this giant jungle cat that is now extinct. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I, uh, man. Because, I like I was about to say, even if we did find something and it disproved it, let's say exactly, this is a perfect example. There's the longest time believed that there was the earliest people here were the First Nations people. Right. Which is our modern day archaeologists are finding out is wrong now yeah. because of the Clovis people. This yep. one guy yep. back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s says, hey, I found these artifacts like in Wisconsin. Yep. And it predates First Nations people. And all I was like, oh, you're full of shit. Oh, no yeah. way. They no, no, no. Out, this man. did not happen. Yeah. And this guy called them Clovis people because of the because of the way that arrowheads are made. They're like yep. a Clovis arrowhead. Well, lo and behold, like two years ago, mainstream archaeologists says, um, yeah, these people were here before First Nations. We can't dispute it anymore because the evidence is overwhelming. Right. What the yeah, fuck? And, and at the time, if I'm if I remember correctly, they pretty much laughed him out. They like they, they took away him, his doctorate. Yeah, they fucked him over yeah, hard. They, they treated him like he was some kind of you know UFO Leopard. kook. You yeah, know, like he's but he was completely fucking shit. right. Oh yeah, That's but it like, went against the grain, and they're like, exactly. oh, this can't happen because I have my doctorate. I work for the Smithsonian. Right, uh, it can't happen. Well, too fucking bad. Shit happens, and you proved wrong. Man up. Like we've talked before, that's the whole point of science and discovery is most of the stuff we have out there is our current theory. Yep. And and the whole point is you're trying to find something to either definitively prove that theory. Or definitively disprove it. Yeah, tear it apart and because, oh, this is something else. We were wrong with that. But they've gotten any more... I think in their little ivory towers of, of learning and academia, which is basically what the museum culture is yep it's post-college college where they are in their little tower and they have this idea that we are right no matter what and this is our belief and they will not sway from that anyone who does there again gets completely discredited pushed to the side i think now it's a little harder because there's enough other people out here on the fringe who are more than happy to take in this doctorate of something to be like 
Come on in, man. No, we're, we'll listen to what you're saying. We're going to help you figure out what you're looking for. Yep, if you're wrong, but, you're wrong, but it'll be a good ride. But late 70s, dude, the <laughs> people that were organized enough in, into supernatural stuff were themselves pretty well marginalized and kind of kept in the underground. Yep. You know, they were not mainstream because you were thought of as a nut job. You could lose your job. There were places that would have fired you. Yeah, we for, had a perfect example here of one of that not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's true. Yep. Because sometimes the people on the fringe society, all you people listening, sometimes we're right. right. It's a painful truth for the guys in the ivory towers yeah. when, the, when the little numbskulls are right. I'm like, hey, we told you. We've been telling you this for years. Yep. Oh, no, absolutely. So what else you got? Anything else? Or I'm going to go off my deep end rabbit hole uh, here. Hold up first. Oh, God damn it. Uh, no, man. We are going to switch over to something a little more natural than, than metallurgy and, and the giant, bygone pipes. giant spikons. Spikons. Sphinx. What the, what the hell's a spike on, man? It's like a cross between a sphinx and a ficus. And a ficus, hell yeah. Ficus. Oh, that would be terrifying. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Note to self, new D&D monster. There you go. <laughs> a spikus. The spikus shows from the shadows. What the fuck's that? You're going to find out. Start rolling. <laughs> uh, we have the uh, Piri Reese map. Uh, this was a very... Controversial. Turkish admiral yep. named Piri Reese. Who uh, they found in 1929, they found a map that was drawn on a gazelle skin that he had drawn back in 1513. So, you know, quite a few hundred years ago. Now, this thing shows uh, the coast of Europe, North Africa, the coast of Brazil. I mean, this is 1513. We still were really leery going that far and falling off the flat earth. <laughs> we're not doing a flat earth episode. No, man. But yeah, the continent of Brazil, uh, many islands, including the mythical isle of Antilia. But the detailed coastline and features of Antarctica, which wasn't thought to have been discovered till a couple hundred years later, is drawn out. Only it's not the frozen coastline that is drawn out. It is what we now are finding uh, using the ground penetrating. Yep, ground he, penetrating satellites. He drew out the unfrozen coastline. In 1513 of Antarctica. This is 200 years before we thought anyone even knew it was there. Other than in mythological stories of some other continent somewhere. Yeah, you can check out our really first episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> where early. we talked about Antarctica. We do mention the Puri's map a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in mainstream thought at this point, it was about 6,000 years ago was the last time that was non-ice. I mean, which then predates him, you know, another 45, 5,500 years. Yep. How did he get this information of what this coastline looked like? Where did he find that? Because, I mean, even in 1513, he shouldn't have been able to go down there and follow the coastline because it was under ice by that point. Mm -hmm. Just with the layers of ice we know that are there now and how long they've been there. Where did he find this information to be able to act? And it's pretty accurate considering there's also drawn. there's also another thing to add that too is some people are saying that it's a collection of different map makers throughout yes. history before he and he just kind of like they yeah, just it it's eventually it's like hey i covered this three miles so i'll map it out came back next guy oh this guy did three miles i'll do three miles more yeah. and eventually they got to where the whole thing was covered yeah passed down from different adventurers if you will yep. heading out onto the sea uh which i do put a lot i myself put credence into that idea yeah because uh, then we're just like the 
like the trading cards, maps for trading cards back oh, yeah. then. Because you're like, hey, I don't know what I'm going to. Hey, so-and-so over there, he was right. there two months ago. Maybe he's got something. That's how that's how you got cartographers to make so much money bank oh, yeah. back in the day. What are you going to trade me to get that? Because I've got that. Yeah, I drew that out. What else do you got that I maybe yep. don't have, man? you got something farther south of that? Oh, yeah, I got this. And they will piece them together drawing their own full maps as they get them. But yeah, I, I lend a lot of credence to that idea that that's probably what this Well, was. I lend a lot of credence to it also because if you look at it, they do the ground penetrating thing, yep. and you overlay that on top oh, of the yeah. piercing. And like, he actually has it where there's rivers up into Antarctica. Yes. He has that marked out at maps where these frozen riverbeds are at, yep. where there's mountain ranges covered by ice that we can't see. You can see when he uses this ground ice penetrating radar yep. from satellites. Yep. It is accurate. Yeah, and the, the valleys, everything that he has along this coastline. Because, yeah, it's not just the outside of the coastline. It's it goes the interior. Miles into the interior of the continent. And, and it's yeah, also it's got creepy ways. little stick figure dudes in there that I don't want to ever see. Yeah, right? Oh, God, yeah, man. But, yeah, no, it, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it is. It really is. And, and oh, for a long time, there were just people, I think, kind of blew it off. Until we really did start getting some of that technology we have, start looking at it, and they go, wow, this looks really familiar. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> Excuse me. But, Plus, yeah, they're like, oh, this, wait a minute. <laughs> I've seen that before. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to go, can I go down my rabbit hole now? Please, please. Oh, go away. <laughs> okay. We're going to we talk. wabbits. Oh, wabbits. This is going to be a big wabbit. It's a very big weather. Yes. Right now, I'm going to try and take over the ship here for a little while. Oh, don't drink that. She'll yell at you, okay? Don't do that. That's what you oh, brought one for. Oh, my God. Get your ass chewed by my wife. Again. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Dropa Stones. I found these very interesting. Yes. The, the Dropa Stones were found by Dr. Chi Putai after leading an archaeological expedition into the Bayan Kara Ula Mountains of China. So I'm mispronouncing a lot of these words, but I'm trying. I'm trying my best. In the Qinghua province in Ni- of China in 1938. In one of the caves that dot the area, Dr. Chi came across some strange-looking flat disks about nine inches around, with a center hole punched in them and spirals leading out from the center to the edges. Basically pictured like a vinyl record that you'd play in your old... Yeah. Uh, are coming actually coming back into vogue right now, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Within the spirals, some sort of hi- tiny hieroglyphic writing could be seen by Dr. Chi. He collected up a reported 716 of these strange flat stone deaths that looked similar to what we would call records. Well, I did not realize there were that many. Yeah, there were 716 I mean, of there them. There were a lot, but holy shit. Yeah, that a... that's, that's a couple different articles. Ooh. They had the same number, so that's what I'm going to go by. Right. Oh, 716 wow. of these things. That's Dang. a lot. But the interesting but interesting is the stone records would have been would have to have been made around ten to twelve thousand years ago because with layers of dirt and debris that covered them. So these actually were sitting in the cave from like ten thousand to twelve thousand years yeah. before that. Now fast forward to nineteen sixty two and a person named Selm Om Nui. The background history is very light on this person, if it's a he or a she. It's never formally given a title such as doctor or curator. Hmm. The Som Unni told people that he deciphered the small hieroglyphic text, and this is what it said. The Dropa came down from the clouds in their aircraft. Our men, women, and children hid in the caves ten times before sunrise. 
When at last we understood the sign language of the Dropa, we realized that the newcomers had peaceful intentions. Hmm. The Dropa stones also mentioned the Dropa ship could not be fixed and therefore had to adapt to Earth. The Dropa stones also tell of how the Dropas were hunted. Oh, missed a page. <laughs> I threw away a page I didn't want to throw away. Get overzealous. <laughs> Get overzealous. They are hunted and killed by local Han Chinese for the period. Oh, yeah. Tsum Ni is said to have published his findings in 1962 in a professional journal. No name is given for this journal and was sub- subsequently ridiculed and met with disbelief. Shortly afterward, he is said to have gone into gone to Japan in a self-imposed exile where he did not, where he died not long after he completed the manuscript of his work. Again, there is oh, another okay. example of people in ivory towers nitpicking the little dude because Oh yeah. Cuz it doesn't match what they're thinking. Oh yeah. Uh. Then there's also the rumor that some Russian researchers requested a couple of the Dropa stones and actually received them from the Chinese government, which would make sense. Russia right. and Chinese are in cahoots with each yeah, other, so they usually be, work well. There'd be no conflict of interest. The Russian researchers scra- scraped some of the loose particles of the stones for a chemical analysis, which revealed large amounts of cobalt and other metallic substances. The Russian researchers' results were published in the now defunct Sputnik magazine. Oh, okay. The Sputnik magazine was a very similar to our Reader's Digest, but heavily censored by the Russian government. What? No. 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 Impossible. 60s, 70s, 80s Russia? What? Besides, <laughs> besides finding cobalt and other metallic residue, the Russian researchers made a special phonograph and in an attempt to play the Dropa Stones like a record. Oh, wow. And the results were this. The Dropa Stones gave off a hum in an unusual rhythm, as though an electric charge was passing through them. Wow, that is pretty weird. I tried to look up to sound. Right, if yeah, I could not find it anywhere. Yeah. That would have been awesome. I would have played it on there. Yeah, but... dude, I want to hear that now. No. Then we fast forward again to this. Like it, this, There is Ernest Wigner or Wagner or something, who was an Austrian engineer who, in 1974, visited the Banpo Museum in Zai, Zai San province where the, he saw two Dropa stones. Ernest asked the museum curator about the Dropa stones, but received no answers on what they were. But the curator did allow Ernest to handle one of the stones and photograph it. Ernest claims that he saw tiny hieroglyphs, but they were washed out by the camera flash, and they had the hieroglyphics has deteriorated over time. By 1994, the disc and the curator have disappeared from the museum. Oh, weird. Yeah. And I, I totally get the flashing. Even with our technology now, there are a lot of times if you're at a wrong angle, it well, doesn't pick up detail. Well, you if I, I mean? like I put a posted a picture, we were out camping, and I took a oh, picture yeah. of this weird footprint. The first picture I took was with a flash, and all you saw was my little fuse uh, thing. Yep. But nothing else. I'm like, Christ, I gotta take, luckily there was an overhead light a few yards away, and I could actually get nice. the picture. Yep. Now, since we're talking about drope stones, we're going to switch gears here. All right, and we're still in China. We're going to talk about the Zhangzi Du, which translates into Three Star Mound. This Three Star Mound is located in the city of Gungham, Cheyenne, China, which is the Cheyenne province of China. Okay. You probably never heard this name before, the Zhangzi Du. No. Okay. You're, anybody here has watched, I'm going to hate saying these two words together. Ancient aliens. <laughs> you know, one of these times we're going to say that, and somebody's going to say, We're from ancient aliens. You want to come on our show? And I'm like, Sorry, hey, it's I can't. me, Giorgio. I, I can't. Aliens, right, guys? I can't uh, do it. Sorry, dude. Uh, 
well, fuck it, man. I'm going to go on. I'm, I'm enough of a horror for fame. I'll go on. They're like, hey, Giorgio. I'm going to try to out-crazy his hair, man. I'm just going to show him up. But the Zanzi do, the reason that is not popular, but if you look it up, it's spelled S-A-N-X-I-N-G-D-U-I. And if you type that into your Google search or internet bar, it'll bring up that statue of them they found in China with the protruding eyes. Yeah. They're yeah. really creepy. It's really creepy. The reason I bring up the three-star mountains is because of the strange bronze statues found there, the ones with the protruding yep. eyes. These statues, statues have been predominantly featured on ancient aliens. They are the ones with the strange features such as protruding eyes and large pointed ears. Now, modern-day archaeologists will tell you that these statues are just common pieces of 11th to 12th century artwork or just an artist's interpretation of some individual during the Neolithic period. This does not make any damn bit of sense, what these guys are saying. Because you either got oh. the you get the eleventh and twelfth century, right? Then all of a sudden you say during the Neolithic era. That's too yeah, goddamn complete. Times. That's like opposite sides of the block into right. the street. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because man. also too, I looked up anybody with internet access looks up look up twelfth century period statues in that time. Right. They know what the human form they were right. carving them on a stone. It was immaculate. It was beautiful yeah, statue. Most of the stuff they were doing wasn't. Uh, interpretive like these would be an artistic interpretive of something as opposed to more of a realistic which most of them during that period are much more realistic. Just look at the Buddhas that were carved at the same right. time. They're realistic. There's oh, yeah. all except for the ears and maybe a little bit but Right, but that's it, exaggerated for you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but they there's also wood carvings and yep. smaller statues of like emperors at the time. Oh, yeah. And they're they look like you're looking in a damn mirror. Yep. And yeah, no, see- they're they're gorgeous. They rival anything the Greeks were doing at their heyday of of you know uh, stonework and, and masonry and, and artistic stuff. Easily uh, rivals them. Oh yeah. As far as quality. Now I actually got to a point where the oh, hang on, folks. Sorry about that, folks. I had to do a wife came home with some groceries, so I had to put cold stuff away. But like I was saying, artists back in those days, they didn't. There was yes, there was fanciful interpretation of certain things, but usually when it came to humanoid figures or humanoid type people, they were always accurate as possible. Right. With yeah. symmetry and all that. Yeah, we we didn't really have the you know Van Gogh type stuff going on in in no. that era of stuff. No. But also too, like I said, they're talking about how 11th and 12th BC art was of Neolithic something. I'm like that that does not make sense at all to me. Right. My yeah, no, Neolithic is. Much earlier than that. We're talking... But it, also, right. if you look at the Neolithic art, I looked that up too. Some of that's dead nut accurate. Some of right. the guys had real skills. Them people back in the days had real skills to make... They could look at somebody and carve it out of wood. Right. They found Neolithic art where it looks like a human face, and there's yep. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, it wasn't that we were at this childlike level of finger painting. You know, I mean... Yeah. They had, just like now, I can't draw for shit, but there are people that can because they have that skill, that talent. And why would you think it wouldn't be the same back then? The medium may be different that they're using, but they know what they're seeing. It's it's not like they they can only, you know, carve out a comically caricature of, of a human being they're looking at. You yeah. know, they know what they're looking at and they're, they're able to put it down with their hands. Another interesting thing to do about the Dropa stones and these statues from the Three Mound area is that the provinces, you have the Queen Han province and the Szechuan province. Really interesting? They're right fucking next to each other. Oh. 
in China. They're like right neck. They border each other. They're like yeah. overlapping borders. Wow. Now, if you okay, if you drive from the capital, Xing, which is in the Quinhan Province, to Cheng, Chengdu, the capital of the Sichuan Province, it would take you roughly twelve hours to drive. Okay. And if you were to walk that distance, it would take you roughly three hundred twenty hours. Basically, it'd take you two weeks. So it's not ah uh, the possibility that someone could have walked to see these Dropa people from the different province. Right. Let's like some artists. What goes there? Then he made a statue of what he saw. And the reason he would want to go there in the first place is at nighttime, that time, you would see anything fiery going across the sky. I'm like, hey, that must end up in that providence. I'm going to yep. walk that way. Or somebody came over and said, hey, this is what here, and this is what the fuck's going on. Yep. And, and, I mean, even if you want to go into to biblical, that is how the the three wise men followed Jesus over to Jerusalem is they followed a light in the night sky. Yeah. You can see a lot more because we don't have as much uh, background artificial light light that's blocking yeah. out what we're seeing. Yeah, no, they would have seen that for miles, you know, shooting overhead. So that's why I'm kind of drawing them two together. That makes sense, man. It's, yeah. it's not that far away. Very similar time frames. Very similar time frames. And, and you know, Let's see, an, an odd statue of a humanoid within, you know, 12 hours of, <laughs> you, you know, where, where apparently a, a race of humanoids landed and, and couldn't get back out. Mm -hmm. Huh, weird. Now, I have another point, too, and that's the material that the Droposones were made out of, which is mostly cobalt. Yes. Cobalt today is used primary, primarily today in lithium-ion batteries, which everyone has in their pocket yep. or within arm reach. It's used to use. It's also used in manufacturing of magnetic, wear-resistant, and high-strength alloys. Yeah, I was. I was going to ask you about uh, the cobalt. Let's if. Uh... Oh yeah, there's a tie-in of there. Then there is cobalt sixty, which is a commercially important radio radioisotope used as a for used in production for high-energy gamma rays. Nope. Energy source, which would be like an exotic. If you're going to say if you're from a spaceship. Right. You could use it for that or from a different timeline. Then you also got cobalt is used in the production of high-performance alloys, such as used in gas turbines and aircraft engines. The reason is because cobalt has increased heat and wear resistance and resistance to oxidization, which is basically yeah. rusting. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was a very high temp. Mm -hmm. uh, material i could have gotten really down up in the if you want to look up look up cobalt cobalt actually another really interesting thing any of you guys out there that take b12 shots that is the primary ingredient in b12 shots is cobalt oh no shit yep interesting i did not know that oh yeah look up cobalt it's a really interesting material wow and especially since some dropa stones are mostly made out of it right they could use parts of their ship and they knew they were getting back their sol and they're like, right. hey, let's make a record of this. Yep. Yeah, let's but if you look on the internet, too, I do not know. They have, like, fanciful-looking dropas with, like, dropa stones. Oh, yeah. With the, they got the alien waving at you with the ship. I'm like, I highly doubt they look like anything like that. Right. But there is some contestation about it. Because they say, well, if you bury jade in the ground, it has a, it doesn't turn, it turns, after it's been polished and everything, you put it back in the ground, it changes color. And it kind of looks like what these dropa stones look like. But jade is not made of cobalt. Yeah, I was going to say they It may it. look similar to what right. these dropa stones are supposed to look like, but it's not made out of cobalt. 
<laughs> looking like is one thing, but when you've already got people that have tested what it's made out of, you can't just turn around and be like, man, pretty sure it's jade. That's uh, it's some emerald. No, we've already tested it. Somebody tested this and went, yeah, this is 98% cobalt. Or, See, you know, but whatever. the funny thing is, this is all made to look like, like this is all considered fiction. Oh, yeah. It's But that's one of the things, like the ivory tower people... All because somebody finds something that does not fit your fucking timeline. Right. You got to learn how to deal with it and explain it away. Normally, be saying with unequivocal facts, saying this is wrong, or say, yes, this is right. Right. It's either, now, there's no, like, I just don't like it. I'm not going to look at it. Quit being a fucking Karen. Right. And just, deal with the shit. Yeah, just do it. Figure it out. Look into it. I mean, there are 716 of the damn things the guy found. And this was mentioned, like, in two or three different articles, that same number. So that yeah. I would say that's a pretty accurate right. number. I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, you know, the, the overall consensus. Because I'm pretty sure one. back in 1938 when these discs were found, they could count. Yeah. They, they, they had a pretty good grasp of numbers. Out, they'd figured out counting at that point. Yeah. Right on the edge of figuring out, uh, you know, Pythagorean theorem. But, you know, 700 <laughs> was confusing to them. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like I said, if all we had was a description of it, I would be like, okay, well, maybe it is Jade. I don't know. But no, it literally was tested to see what it was made out of, and it was cobalt. See, I tried to look um, up an archive. Because it was mentioned that, like, that Sputnik magazine. I tried yeah. to look up an archive for it. I couldn't find it. I'm highly illiterate no. on finding stuff on the internet. Uh, I've, I've seen pictures of, of different issues of sputnik magazine i knew it existed and knew kind of what it was but i've never actually seen one yeah like in person or anything to read through them so i don't know i mean i know it existed it was a real publication at one point but, but that's that's the wonderful thing about in the circles that we're kind of traveling in you can talk about this stuff and that's the one problem that's the good thing and the bad thing about the circle of this paranormal area or right. study everybody's got to quit i've said this before that's is, this is where i'm sticking to it you got to learn how to all get along. Oh, yeah. All because you see something one way and another person interprets it another way. You're still seeing the same, you're seeing the same goddamn thing, yeah. but you got to figure out a happy middle ground to work it out. Right. And that's where you're going to find more truth, I think, is, is if you can look at both of these and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see what you're saying. This is how this would fit here. And somewhere in there, you're going to find the actual facts. Yes. Not just your opinion of how you want it shaped. Because you know, there's a lot of that. Yes, there is a lot, and in in all circles of, of paranormal. Stuff. Yes, it's a very it be eat, spirits eat their own artifacts. kind. Oh yeah, man, it, it really is. <laughs> but also too is like we cannot let all these people like in their ivory towers kick you, and like if you feel like you're being kicked by somebody in an ivory tower, come talk to one of us guys. Right? We'll believe you. We'll take like I've always said. We'll take everything you say with us with a grain of salt. Yeah. Which is the only way to take all this stuff. Yeah. Because what you're saying, I will respect it. I'll respect whatever you say, because Marty, like I said about my evolved dinosaur theory, he hated that at first. Oh, yeah. Man. He's like, I'm just... full, you're full of shit, Rob. He's just like, ha ha, right. yeah. Then the more you think about it, it actually makes sense. Yeah. But that can be used in everything oh, we talk yeah, about. absolutely. Like the droposones, that's yep. one of my favorite topics. If you look at it, you just got to look at We have one piece of the puddle. Now you have these weird statues that are made around the same time. Yeah. God, that's another piece of the puddle. Or puzzle. Puddle. What the fuck is it? Puddle. Yeah, it's a puddle. The chat, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it isn't 
that big of a leap on some of these things to put them together. You know what I mean? But it's, and, and I've talked before where it, it's sometimes easy for us to try to lump things together. And some of those things don't end up making sense. So you can't keep lumping them together. These things are timeline-wise very overlapping and similar. I mean, just those pieces just kind of make more sense together until you find other pieces that don't make them fit. Yep. I mean, let, let's be real. That's what the whole goal of all of it is. Find the pieces that fit till you find a whole picture and you go, okay, we know this now. You know, and hell, maybe later down the road, some pieces come along that blow that whole thing up. You know, we don't know. Yeah, but you got to have a starting point somewhere. Yeah, you, It's you like you can't make a puzzle looking. without making the border first. Well, even going back to our, our earlier conversation of the map, making those maps, it was pieced together by different people. people putting together one whole picture to make it, you know, saleable by everyone to know that this is out here. Yep, there's you a know? sandbar here. Watch out for that shit. Yeah, you know, I mean... We have that even in modern day when you're in big lakes. You've mm-hmm. got other ships that are coming through, like in the Great Lakes, to be like, hey, we've For got example, Mississippi River, they have, oh, yeah. they're still doing that today because sometimes yeah. sandbars just pop up. Yeah. It's like, like in Minnesota, they got a bunch of rain and it pushes the yep. sandbars yeah, pop within, up and barge gaps like, oh shit, that wasn't here two weeks ago. Yep, so we're telling people. four hours sometimes, yeah. you'll start seeing them build up and they'll be, they will warn other people going, hey, we're heading north down the Mississippi up in this section here. We're starting to see sandbars. Watch out when you're coming up this way. You yep. know, I mean, that's just what you do. And there, there again, you're putting these little pieces together and not just fending for yourself. It's like, hey, you guys need to watch out for this. Okay, thanks. Cool. Thanks for the heads up. And not just like, well, fuck them. We got through. You know, yep. I mean, it, nobody wins when you do that kind of shit. Yep. It just doesn't work. It just anywhere. It does not work well. So it becomes people, chaos. Yeah. So people out there, if you have conflicting ideas, try and get along. Right. I don't know what else to say in the paranormal yeah, we, world. Even, even even if you have conflicting ideas with us, email it to us, man. Be like, yeah, hey, let I us know and say, crackhead. hey, you guys are full of shit. Right. Okay, we'll take that. We may be full of shit. Yeah, but. no. But tell us why yeah. you think this is full of Show shit. Show us valid points. Yeah, give us a reason why that makes no sense to you. And we will gladly listen to you yeah. telling us that doesn't make sense. Then my brain will start trying to kick in to try and prove you're wrong. Right, right. Because right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the part of the podcast group that's like, well, I'll put the puzzle piece together. Do you need a box, a picture? Nope, I can figure it out. Right. Let's do I'll, it. I'll slap this in here. It'll be fine. <laughs> and, and then you have Sucolos. Aliens, you know, yeah. and that's where you end up. But no, no, man. Oh, God forbid you would end up like that. But no, uh, no. no seriously, yeah, it's you, you need to have those... It's hard to do a puzzle when you don't have all the pieces, yep. you know. But everybody, but somebody has guys, the piece yeah. you need. Jimmy over there has got those pieces, but fuck that guy. He doesn't believe the sun is yellow, you know. So I'm not going to get his puzzle piece. You're never going to see what this picture is. Fuck it, I don't care. Well, okay, then that's... You're going to keep going through life lying to what you think this is and not knowing? That sounds awful to me, man. I would rather know, even if I'm wrong, oh, yeah. what something oh, yeah. is. Have we mentioned what's going to happen in October? No. No. Me and Marty have something planned in October. October's going to be a very exciting month for us, I think, because oh, yeah, we got some be big good. stuff in the works. and Yeah, we do. We've got a couple big things. Yeah, two October. big things for sure in October. It should be interesting. Other, other than the normal big excitement of the show. Don't lie. Man, trying, <laughs> trying to pump it all up. I know. I'm your flavor flave tonight, man. I'm but since you since man. you did not do this at the beginning of the podcast, can you please tell the people how they can contact us? 
I yell at you all the time. Get used to it. <laughs> I should be at this point. But no. Right, please don't send us any emails about me yelling at Marty. It's all in good behavior. He yells why, at me. Why are you See, so abusive? You never hear him off the air. I'm the one that sounds abusive on there because he doesn't like talking on the mic. But off the air, it's like I feel like a battered housewife. Right, yeah, I'm an awful person, man. But no. <laughs> you can go ahead and send us uh, emails. At Quit eating all that E-O-T-H. candy. <laughs> You're going to ruin your figure. Oh, man, that's been shut for forever but uh no man uh, you can send us emails at uh, eoth podcast at gmail uh, we're on facebook instagram i was saying i think you just threw up some more posts the other day with on uh, instagram with the, the camping picture yep like two days ago I think that yep I'm, i've been work sucks i'm ready to work yeah, we can't do podcasting full-time yet but eventually yeah. eventually yeah. eventually we'll get syndicated and sell out Right. Yeah, as long as we're allowed to swear on the air, I think we can get syndicated. Our opening theme would be uh, Real Big Fish's song, Sell Out, and that'll just be our opening intro song. Yeah. Sell out to the record, man. Like, yeah, that's our song. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Dorpa Hour. You know, yeah. hey, as long as they're paying, man, I don't have to go to work anymore. All right, I'll be a DARPA show. Yeah. I'm a whore. It doesn't take much to buy me out, man. (laughs) All right. Well, like I always said, fuck normal. Normal's never won a goddamn thing. Bye. Bye.